Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Bhavan Tarakia, CEO and co-founder of Zeta Technologies, one of the companies that won Best of Show at Finnovate West back in November. As you know, we like to talk to all of our Best of Show winners, get a little bit more insight into what makes them tick, where they come from as companies. Bhavan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Great. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Excellent. So let's start with just a high-level overview of Zeta for anybody who hasn't seen your demo video yet. Sure. So Zeta is a company that co-founded with uh, Ramki back in 2014. Uh, we're a modern banking tech company, and we predominantly have two main product suites. Um, the first one is Tachyon, which is our modern core banking, credit and debit processing, and loans platform with an integrated mobile app that enables banks to provide a neobank experience sell more loans and reduce fraud. And then the second product suite is, is what we call Fusion. Uh, and Fusion is our embeddable banking platform that enables banks to provide APIs and SDKs to fintechs, uh, neobanks, distributors, uh, and enables them to embed prepaid credit debit loan products within their apps and experiences. So Stachion, which is our modern core and processing, and Fusion, which is our embeddable banking platform. Yeah, so the demo, obviously, at Finnovate West, which you can go and watch, by the way, at finnovate.com slash videos. You can go check out exactly what they showed there. But one of the things which was really interesting to me when, when I saw the Tachyon platform, you know, it's clear that it's been heavily influenced by what a lot of neobanks are doing, as you mentioned. Can you talk a little bit about what you think neobanks are doing well and, and how you wanted to incorporate those elements into your own offering? Sure. So Tachyon as a platform provides a ton of different features that people classify, I guess, as a neobank experience, you know, card controls, rich statements, personal finance management, saving spots, et cetera, for checking accounts and credit cards. Uh, we've not really necessarily taken any inspiration from existing neobanks, but rather thought about what a banking experience would look, look like for digital natives from like a first principles approach and then created a holistic experience that spans, you know, debit, credit, forex, and more. Uh, but, you know, this goes back to some of the fundamental uh, things that we believe in at Zeta, uh, which is, uh, you know, the, the notion of invisible payments and what we call payments with purpose. So our perspective has always been that, you know, you know, banking and, and payments until now, historically, have always been very transactional in nature. And what Tachyon enables legacy banks to do or what neobanks are doing is kind of making it more kind of consumer focused and transaction oriented. Um, and the experience is focused on actually solving problems. So uh, I truly believe that payments by themselves uh, will become completely and should become completely invisible. You know, it should be like a utility service that you can take for granted. You know, you open your tap in the morning, water comes out of it. You don't really think about water coming out of it. So nobody gets up in the morning and says, hey, I'm excited. I have to make five payments today. They're always trying to achieve a purpose. And so our goal, our mission is always sort of elevating this whole notion of what we call payments with purpose. And so really thinking about the user interface and the experience from the standpoint of what are the users trying to achieve? What are their goals in terms of spending and earning and investing and growing uh, and really manifest that purpose in the user experience from a first principles basis? And, and I think that's also something that, that many of the neobanks are, are doing really well, uh, which is really truly building uh, the experience from the standpoint of purpose that, that people are trying to achieve as opposed to just a pure payments experience. 
Sure. And no, I think there's a lot to unpack there, but some really interesting pieces. And I love the focus on looking at what the customer is really trying to do first. And I think one of the things that neobanks have done a really good job of is looking at areas where you know, traditional banks are leaving something to be desired, where they're leaving a hole, leaving a gap somewhere, leaving customers maybe feeling slightly dissatisfied or, or to your point, maybe they're just even too aware of what's going on. It's not as seamless as, as it could be. And so I think that you know, looking at that as kind of a, a guiding principle is is a really good place to start, no question about it. I, I do want to kind of approach it from the other side because obviously this is technology for banks, right? First and foremost, um, customer in mind uh, as a driving force, but the the you know initial users will be banks. And, and there's sort of a, an implicit piece um, in your demo, this kind of undercurrent that suggests that once banks can compete with uh, neobanks on functionality, you know, traditional banks will have an advantage again. Can you talk about you know, the advantages that more established FIs have and, and what you kind of see in that community that you wanted to make sure that you preserve even as you add some new functionality and some new exciting pieces of technology? Sure. I'm, I'm going to actually you know, potentially even take a small, slightly kind of unpopular opinion here, uh, which is I do think neobanks are a temporal anomaly until legacy banks catch up uh, using you know potentially our stack using tachyon or, or anything else from you know their own side uh, and, and i don't mean that they won't survive uh, but i think that they're not going to be end all be all uh, and take over the banking industry in, in many ways and I, and i do believe legacy banks whilst they lag behind on technology uh, which is where we you know hopefully are coming in to help uh, they have a series of advantages that they can leverage meaningfully uh, they have zero cap because they already have an established customer base you know neo banks that are starting out now are having to acquire customers afresh at a pretty high customer acquisition cost. Uh, and many of them, well, most of them are still not profitable because of the amount of investment that's going behind, you know, um, R&D marketing, customer acquisition, et cetera. They have customer history. You know, legacy banks have customer history going back, you know, many cases, even decades. Like you've potentially banked with that same bank for 10 years. And so they have your transaction history, your data that they can meaningfully, again, leverage to upsell products. Um, you know, uh, upsell credit and things of that. Um, they have trust and stability, which is again something that you know neo banks are going to have to spend some time as a brand to catch up to. Uh, many of these institutions have been around for decades and have created this uh, uh, this sort of le- certain level of trust and stability. They have a brand standing. Uh, they have substantially lower cost of funds again because the fact they've been operating for a long time uh, and have accumulated large deposits. Therefore, their kind of cost of funds tends to be lower, and they already operate profitably. Um, with 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 less efficient tech. So in fact, potentially with Tachyon or with more efficient technology, they could see further efficiency. So so there's certainly you know tangible advantages that legacy banks have that they can leverage as soon as they're sort of able to cross this kind of you know technology gap, if you will. Sure. And no, I think there's, again, a lot of interesting pieces there too. And I think the piece around this being kind of a unique situation where neobanks are able to come in, I think you know, if you look at just the customer experience side, it does look like it's easier to provide a good customer experience when you kind of start from scratch and really build a new banking system on new rails, on new pieces of technology and kind of you know starting from zero, you can really build something out, which I think a lot of neobanks have been able to do and really you know create a really solid customer experience. And you know, reconciling that new customer experience, this improved customer experience with kind of the legacy systems, you know, banks have this history, they have this data, which is really useful, as you point out, but you know, figuring out how you can 
make the leap from the older customer service platforms into something newer is, is obviously a big challenge. Once you get that, you know, and I, I tend to believe with you by the, or believe you by the way that you know the, the overall customer experiences will eventually even out as everybody kind of catches up. The the bar will be set at a certain point. People will kind of gravitate towards there, and you know, if you don't catch up to that bar, then obviously you're in you're in trouble. But once you know things kind of settle down, things sort of will shake out with a, a sort of standard customer experience that will be in many ways probably similar from brand to brand. But that's where you will really see the advantages of the more traditional financial institutions come through, the, the history that they have, the data that they have, the marketing power that they have, and, and the consumer trust. These are all massive, massive pieces which you can't overlook. So, you know, another question that I had, um, and this is sort of switching gears a little bit. I know you had way more technology than you could show in the confines of a Finnovate demo. You know, Tachyon's a really broad platform. You had to kind of condense down to get into the time limit there. Um, what was the coolest piece you had to leave out of the demo? Or, or maybe phrased a different way, what, what's the piece that you're most excited by yourself as a consumer and not as a, a product builder? <laughs> Uh, this is, I feel like this is kind of an you know additional opportunity now to get some additional stuff in there. But uh, you know, we, yeah, we were we were unable to show many of our features given the at a confined length of the demo. Um, I guess it, it took me a couple of takes to try and squeeze as much as we could into that um, ten minutes. Let's see if I was to think about um, um, you know one of the coolest. I mean, this is not a, really a big feature. In fact, it's more I would say contextual. Um, you know, many times I always believe that. Some of the best stuff, the best capabilities on any platform tend to be quite invisible, right? Like Google as a search engine is just like a one-page app. So technically, it doesn't have tons of features, but it's really what's under the hood um, that makes it, makes it so compelling. But one of the cool capabilities that we have um, that's both useful for consumers and for, uh, for banks is, is what we call our kind of actionable alerts. Um, and so there's you know hundreds and hundreds of different configurable events in Tachyon that can enable sending out you know, really actionable alerts to customers that are very contextual and targeted. So for instance, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. We have a sort of a, a card declined due to insufficient funds alert, which offers the customer an option in that alert to immediately apply for an overdraft so that they can now immediately perform the transaction. So imagine if you, you know, got your card to decline somewhere, you know, you get a message saying your card declined. By the way, you're entitled to a $500 Overdraft limit, would you like to enable it so that in the future this never happens? Uh, or we have these you know, interesting kind of geofencing actionable alerts. So you know, picture, if you will, the bank's got like a you know, pre-approval for you for a certain amount of credit limit, um, uh, specifically for purchase of you know, certain kinds of consumer goods. And imagine you walk into an IKEA um, you know, to buy some furniture and your banking app will pop up an alert that says, hey, you know, we noticed that you're, you, know, you, you walked into an IKEA store and by the way, you're already pre-eligible for a loan of up to $10,000. Simply use your debit card here without any you know, paperwork or, or effort, et cetera. Right? So things like that. So really configurable, contextual, actionable alerts that can enable uh, both upsell of, cap- of, of products from the bank side and you know, becomes relevant for a customer um, in, in context of the situation they're in. Yeah, I love that you mentioned IKEA. I feel like IKEA has been proven to be like a, the ultimate relationship test for you know a new couple going out trying to furnish an apartment. If you can survive a trip to IKEA, then your relationship will likely stand the test of time. I think putting the credit card relationship or, or bank relationship to the same test, put it put it to the IKEA test. Let's see how good is it really. If it survives a trip to IKEA, then 
Um, I think you'd be in good shape. No, but 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 I do I do see what you're saying though. Um, there's obviously uh, you know th- this ability again. It comes back to what you're speaking about earlier. This idea that you need to really be there when um, the customer has a need in a seamless way without a, an onerous process. And um, you know this is I think the future of financial services. And, and obviously you know what you've built at Tachyon is uh, is a really cool way of you know envisioning that. And it's clear to see why you were able to strike that chord with the audience and and come up with a, a demo that won best of show. Um, so last question here, um, you know, moving away from kind of anything specific to Zeta and, and coming back up to a really high level, um, what do you expect to see over the next few years as you know, in, in the neobank and regular bank space? We kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think it'd be good just to end, you know, this, uh, w- with a high level prediction of where you see the space going and the relationship between neobanks and um, more traditional financial institutions. So, well, I guess um, let me talk about a couple of predictions from my side um, across the next decade uh, in general. And then as it relates, I guess, to neobanks and uh, legacy banks, if you will. You know, my perspective on neobanks, by the way, I have a fundamental definition um, that, that I, I use to prevent confusions. People use these terms interchangeably. The, the moment you use the word bank, whether it's neobank, challenger bank, legacy bank, my default um notion is that you should do that if you are a licensed regulated institution that can manufacture financial products because you're allowed to do so. And then fintechs to me are distributors uh, of financial products and services that don't themselves have a license, but are reselling on behalf of a bank or embedding their financial products and embracing and extending them, et cetera. Right? So to me, new banks for all practical purposes are banks uh, per se. Um, so here's my, well, I guess, let me talk about you know, three predictions. One, I think all new banks combined globally will not add up to more than 15% market share across the world. I'm leaving China aside because it's a sometimes, in many cases, the exception that proves the rule. Sure. But I believe that all of them combined will not add up to more than 15% market share um, across the globe. The, the second prediction I have for you is vast majority of banks have made almost no, no significant changes in technology in the last two decades. Um, it's all been sort of built on top of existing systems. But I believe more than 25% of legacy banks will replace pretty much 100% of every component of their technology stack in the next 10 years. Um, that's what you, really what we're poised to, um, to tackle. But we believe that 30% of the banks will look at a full replacement. It'll be, it'll be done in, in sort of phases and stages, uh, in different greenfield deployments. That's the way we kind of deploy our stack, you know, typically for new customers, leaving existing customers as is, and then migrating them over later on. But I believe that upwards of 25% of the banks will essentially see a complete change in their technology stack. And then the third thing I want to talk about is, um, I think a lot of lending fintechs, I believe in the future, will be unable to sustain higher cost of funds unless they become banks themselves. Um, I think many of them, especially the ones that are spending a lot of time on, uh, well, I guess, discovering new customers that are not yet in the system from a credit scoring standpoint, are, are mostly spending money whose benefit will be derived by others who can come in with lower cost of funds for future future credit and debt. So I, I guess those are three things that I will, you know, potentially some of it might be, as I said, unpopular opinion, but I will uh, 
um, I will state as my predictions. No, I love it. I think that's great. Those are three. So we'll, let's let's put it on the calendar right now. We'll follow up in 2030, and we'll see you know how much of them has actually come true. Um, but no, I, I think I think it's a it's you know I, I don't think you're far off in terms of your predictions. And I know there might be some people who who might have uh, some strong reactions to that. But it's easy to see where you're coming from. And um, again, you know the the platform that you've built, I think, is going to be helpful in kind of bringing about that change. So um, you know, congrats again on winning best of show. Uh, thank you again for spending some time with me and sharing some of your, your predictions and thoughts with me. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing how uh, Zeta continues to evolve and how the space continues to evolve. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Pleasure talking to you, Greg. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>